Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Bless you guys. I'm excited about this morning, this morning's message. And so I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 2. And I want to preach uh, a message this morning from verse number 1 all the way down to verse number 12. We're still in our Christmas series called A A Hope Worth Waiting For. And so I want to share with you just a few things this morning from this scripture that I believe that God has laid upon my heart. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. If you're there this morning, I want you to stand with me as we read God's word. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, it says this. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But to you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then King Herod called the Magi together secretly and found from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he, said to them, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen went, uh, when it arose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. God, your word that, that always speaks truth. God, as we enter into a time of Christmas, into this Christmas season, God, may we remember why you came. God, you didn't just come to the earth as a savior, but you came to establish your kingship on the earth. So God, I pray today that again, you would speak to our hearts as we share this message today, simply called a battle for the crown of our life. God, touch our hearts and our lives and we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated. Last week, we looked at the story in Zechariah and Elizabeth and how they were barren for so many years. And, and then one day, Gabriel, the angel, shows up and he says to Zechariah, God has heard your prayers and you're going to have a son. Everything that they had hoped for, everything that they had dreamed and, and wanted for so many years was about to take place in their life. In other words, the waiting time was over. Last week we talked about a season where God has us waiting for for the time for when he's going to answer our prayer. 
God gives us a promise, and then sometimes after that promise, there's a waiting season before we ever see the promise fulfilled in our life. And that's what was happening in Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. But not only that, but when, when, when the prophet Malachi spoke to the people of Israel... For 400 years, there was, no, no, there was nothing happening. God wasn't speaking. And so there was a moment of silence for 400 years where God never spoke up and God never said anything. So you can imagine when Christ was born. You can imagine what took place when the announcement came forth that Jesus Christ was here on this earth. A star, uh, a stir began as soon as Christ was born. He had not spoken a word. He had not performed a miracle. He had not done anything yet, but just Jesus Christ, the announcements of Jesus Christ being born, sent this urgency, sent this excitement throughout the land. Why? Because what they had been waiting on for so many years is now here. So there was an excitement. There was a a stir among the people. Why? Because the announcement of the king is here. So in Matthew chapter 2, you see two different figures that speaks about this passage. You see, you have King Herod, who was the king at the time when Jesus was born. And then you have the magi, or the wise men, who came from the east to see Jesus when he was born. You see, Matthew chapter 2 really doesn't tell us much about these magi or these wise men. But it says that they showed up in Jerusalem being led By a star. You see, you got to understand something about Magi. Magi is a combination of three different things. They were a a combination of scientists. They were a combination of nobility or they come from royal families. They were very wealthy. Or they were a combination of astronomers. They came to know uh, about this Jewish scripture. Why? Because they lived in the land where Israel lived for so many years in Babylon. So they heard the Jewish people talk about this prophecy. They, they heard the Jewish people talk about this Savior that the Malachi prophet talked about for so many years. And so they were around the Jewish culture. They were around all these things that were happening. And they watched the Jewish people study, the, study God's Word. And they watched Him exercise their faith. And they watched them continue to pray and talk about this Jesus that one day would appear in the land. So these magi, they, they worshipped other gods who were scientists and they were very, very wealthy men who heard about this prophecy from the Jews who spoke about this God who would send a Savior to this earth. A Messiah, a King who would not only come to rescue the Jews, but He would come and save the world. So God placed a star in their path. And he placed it in the sky knowing that that they would pay attention to it because that was their life. They studied the stars. They studied those kind of things. And so God put it in the sky and they have paid attention to it as a sign not even to them but also to the pagans that the Son of God was about to be born so that they had to find out what was going on and it led them to Jerusalem. So they were intrigued by this star. They had to know what was about to happen. They had to go and find out from themselves about the people of of Israel talked about this king, this savior would come to this earth. So they had to find out for themselves and go and see what it was all about. So in verse 1 and 2, it says this. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. 
and ask, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose and we have come to worship him. So notice this about that scripture this morning. Notice where they went looking for Jesus. Notice where they went looking for Jesus. They went to the palace where a king would normally hang out. They got the word that a king was here. They got the word that a king was here on this earth. So they automatically thought in their mind that they needed to go to a place where a king was, which was the palace. So they traveled to Jerusalem to the palace of King Herod. And they went looking for this Messiah. They went looking for this king. But instead, they found another king. They found a guy named King Herod. They didn't find the king but they found a king, Herod the Great. And you have to understand something about King Herod. He was a very cruel king. He was very cruel. He loved his power so much that he sent out a decree that, that when he heard that the king was born, then he had all the baby boys killed under the age of two. He was ruthless. He suffered from a mental illness that caused him to be paranoid all the time. Why? Because he was afraid that someone would come and take his power away from him. He was afraid that someone would come and take his throne. He was afraid that someone would come and take his crown away from him. So he was, he was, he was upset. He was paranoid that this was going to take place in his life. Why? Because King Herod didn't want to lose his throne. And he didn't want to give up his crown. He was paranoid. He began to worry about this new king that was about to take place. So imagine... A group of men, the Bible, we think of, of three people, but it was more than three. Think about a group of men who came that comes to your house into the palace. They show up and they start asking about a new king, talking to the actual king that's reigning at the time. So he was afraid. He was paranoid. He began to worry about what was about to take place in his life. You see, the star led them to find this new king, but instead they found King Herod because they were looking in the wrong place. Verses 3 through 5 says this. It says, when King Herod heard this, the Bible says that he was disturbed. He began to worry. He began to, uh, to be paranoid. He began to get upset. He began to wonder what was about to take place in his kingship. Who was about to come take his, his crown? Or who was about to come take his throne? And we called all the people, called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, and he asked them where the Messiah was to be born, and they said in Judea. See, in that moment of hearing this news, he began to worry. He began to get disturbed in his life. And he called all these people together to find out what was happening. To find out where this king was. He, was. he was wanting to know if this king is going to come threaten his kingship and take everything from him. So he was worried. So he sent them out, wanted to know where everything was taking place. They replied, of course, the old prophets talked about that he would be born in, in Bethlehem, not Jerusalem. So, so he sent out the Magi to go find out where this king was. And he says this. He says, when you find him. Come back to me and tell me where he is so that I can go worship him too. Understand this. King Herod was not going to worship the king. He was not going to lay treasures and crowns down at, at Jesus' feet. He was going to kill him. He didn't want to know just because he could go worship. He wanted to know so he could kill him so his throne would not be taken away from him or his crown would not be taken off of his head. So the Magi left leaving 
being led by the star, they go and they find Jesus, the King, the Savior, the Messiah. And notice what they did when they found Him. The Bible says that they did, that they did these two things. They bowed down and they worshipped Him. They bowed down and they worshipped Him. You see, this is a story of two different responses from two different people. The announcement that a king has been born, a savior, God's savior has arrived here on this earth. And so you have two different responses. You have the response of King Herod, and then you have the response of the Magi. You see the response of a threatened king, and then you have the response of the Magi, the response of humble worshipers who are on a journey to find a savior, the savior, looking for something that they're not very clear about. But they're looking anyway. So you had the response that was a threatened response by King Herod. And then you had a a humble response by by the Magi. And so what I want to say to you is this, this morning. There's a battle for the crown in your life. There's a battle for the throne in your life. And you have to ask yourself this question. Who's going to wear the crown in your life? Who's going to sit on the throne of your life? Will it be you or will it be Jesus? You see, we don't have to be threatened by God. We don't have to be threatened by Him at all. But understand this, that God is wanting you to allow Him to wear the crown in your life and to sit on your throne, not your own throne. So that's why King Herod was messed up. That's why King Herod was mad. That's why he was paranoid. Why? Because he knew somebody was coming to take his crown. He knew that somebody was coming to take his throne. So I ask you this morning is this, who is wearing the crown in your life? Who is sitting on the throne of your life? If it's not Jesus, then you got something messed up. You got something messed up. You don't have to be threatened by Jesus. You don't have to be threatened by God. Because God is only going to do what you allow God to do in your life. But the question is this, who is wearing the crown? Why? Because there's a battle for the crown that is happening every single day in your life. And you have to make the decision. I have to make the decision of who's going to wear the crown. Will it be you or will it be be Jesus? So number one, the response number one that I looked at was this. There's a threatened response. A paranoid response. A response of worriedness. There was a response that he was disturbed That the Bible says. You see, when it comes to our response to Jesus as King, it's not always the humble worship response. We don't always treat Jesus that way. We don't always treat Jesus with a humble response. We don't always treat Jesus with a humble worship. But the Bible says that the Magi came into the room where Jesus was and they bowed down before him. But King Herod was upset, he was mad. You see, when you bow down before Jesus, what you're saying is this, God, I'm removing my crown off of my head and I'm laying it at your feet and and asking you to be my Lord. I'm asking you to be my Savior, but I'm also asking you to be my King. So you have to, you have to under, you, you may be in church your whole life. This is not a message just for lost people. This is a message for church people. This is a message that church people deal with all the time. Because we have to make the decision whether or not we're going to wear the crown or we're going to lay the crown at Jesus' feet and say, God, here's everything that I have. I have come in humble worship to you. I don't have to be threatened by you. I just want to worship you, God. 
So we have to make the decision of who's going to wear the crown in our life. God is looking for us to, to worship humbly before Him. You see, when Jesus was in the garden praying, He said these famous words, Not my will, but your will be done. That's what Jesus said to his father. That's what Jesus said to God. In that moment, he was saying, God, I'm laying my crown down at your feet. And I don't want my will. I don't want my desires. I don't want my plan. I want your plan for my life. So I'm taking my crown off and I'm laying it at your feet because I want your will for my life. That's what he says. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up. You must give up your own way. I hope this don't mess up my hair. You have to... Thanks, Steve. You have to take your way off and lay it at His feet and say, God, it's not about my way. It's about your way. It's about what you want in my life. And that, listen, that has to happen every day. It's not just when you get saved. It's not just when you give your heart to Jesus. But guess what? When I woke up this morning, I had to take my crown off at his feet and say, God, it's not about what Chad wants. It's not about my feelings. It's not about whether I want to do this or whether, God, this is what you've called me to do. So I'm taking my crown off and I'm laying it at your feet because I don't want to be threatened by you, God. I want to humbly worship you. And so he was threatened by God. He was threatened by this king that was going to come and take his crown you see, we might follow some of these same things uh, that Jesus says, but when it comes to complete surrender, when it comes to complete reign over our lives, sometimes we still want to wear the crown. We still want to make the decisions. We still want to make the decisions for our life. We still want to do our own thing. So sometimes we're fighting back. Sometimes there's a fight back, back and forth with us and Jesus. Fighting over the crown. Who's going to wear the crown? Who's going to put it where it needs to be placed? You see, we feel him asking us to give up certain things in our life. We, we feel him asking us to give up certain things in our life. So we live in a way that it's a constant battle. Because he's asking us to give this up, but we want to hang on to it. He's asking us to give this up, and we want to hang on to it. So do you see, it's a constant battle of who's going to wear the crown in your life. Who's going to sit on the throne of your life. It happens all the time. It's not just lost people, but it's church people too. So there's a battle, there's a fight that's going on in our life, and we fight back and forth of who's going to wear the crown in our life. You see, the good news of Jesus is supposed to bring us joy. It's supposed to bring us peace. But when we don't lay our crown down at the feet, all it does is bring chaos and confusion in our life. When we hear something good about Jesus, when we hear something good about that's taking place in a church, it should give us joy. It should give us peace. But you know what happens? We get mad because it's happening over there and it's not happening here. And we blame Jesus. Jesus, why are you, why are you moving over there but you're not moving in our church? And God says this, well, I don't know. Ask yourself that question. You're the, one that, you're the one that ushers in the presence of God. We're the one, if we want it, God says, I'll show up. But if you don't want it, I'm not going to show up. So we have to ask ourselves, who's going to wear the crown? Because there's a battle fighting over and over and over again in our life. You see, I've learned as I've gotten older that there's times in my life that I go back and reflect on moments as a kid. How many of you guys do that? Especially during Christmas season, I think of things that, that happened as a kid, and I reflect on those moments. But I remember as a kid, we used to play a game called King of the Hill. 
Anybody remember that? There was a big mound, mound of dirt or whatever it was, and there would be one person on top who was the king, and there would be a bunch of people that would run up, try to knock him off his throne, try to knock him off of his heel. And so that happened over and over again. It was just a fight, constant battle, back and forth, and that's what happens in our life. You see, for some of us, we're sitting on the throne of our own life. And what Jesus is asking us is this, just let me, let me reign and rule over your life. Take your crown off and let me put it on my head because that's where it belongs. You see, we were never created to wear the crown. We were created the, to offer our crown to him. I offer our things to him. That's why he set it up that way. So there's a battle. You can see it in your mind that we're up here and Jesus is climbing up trying to get to where we are. And we keep kicking him back. We keep moving him back. It's not time, God. Not yet, God. And we keep moving. I feel like karate kid there for a moment. So we keep pushing him down and we keep pushing him down and we keep pushing him down. So the battle is taking place over and over again in our life. Who's going to be the king? Who's going to sit on the throne? You see, when you read scriptures and you see how Jesus lived his life, you listen to his teaching, you will see that he followed a plan. A, a plan that God had laid out for him. Why? Because God had a purpose for his life. So he followed the plan and the purpose that God gave to him. So every one of us in this room today, understand this. You have a plan and you have a purpose for your life. That God has laid out many, many years ago before you were ever born, before you were ever thought of. He's laid it out. And what he's asking you to do is will you just follow the plan? Will you just follow the plan? And when we follow the plan, God will do what God does. But remember, we have to take our crown off and lay it at his feet and say, God, it's not my will. It's your will. It's your will, God. We don't have to be threatened by God. We don't have to worry about it. We just have to follow the plan that God has given us. So the battle is raging over and over and over in our life. And I want you to understand something about king of the hill. There's only, one room, there's only room for one king. In that game, there's only room for one king. There can't be two kings or three kings or four kings. There can only be one king. And notice this this morning. There can only be one king in your life. And that's King Jesus. There's only one king. But too many times we, we have a lot of kings. We have a lot of things that are, that are leading our lives, that are directing our paths instead of the one who really knows the path that he has for you. So there's a battle going on. Who's going to be the king? Who's going to be the one in your life? Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 says this. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to, to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. You cannot serve both God and money. So what will our response be to God? Will it be like the Magi, these prestigious men of wealth and noble men who went on a journey? Listen, they went on a journey looking for the king. And when they found the king, the Bible says that they opened up their treasure chest and they poured out their worship on Jesus. Or will it be more like King Herod who was mad and felt threatened because someone was trying to take his crown? Or his throne. You see, we all have that throne in our lives. And we all have to make that decision what choice it's going to be for us in our life. Will it be God? Will it be ourselves? Will it be someone else? Or will it be something else? Who's going to wear the crown? You see, it's a daily decision of who's going to wear the crown. Will it be me? Or will it be God? Every day I wake up 
I have to decide who's going to wear the crown in my life. You see, you can't decide that for me. I can't decide that for you. You have to decide who that day is going to wear the crown in your life. And what happens sometimes is this, is that we get in our prayer time with God and we get in our devotion time with God and we say, okay, God, here's my crown. I give it to you. So we allow him to wear it for a little bit. And when things don't go the way we think they should go, what happens? We take it right back off of his head and place it back on ourselves. That's how we do it. Because sometimes we don't want to trust God's plan. We're threatened by his plan. Why? Because his, his plan does not line up with what, the way we want to do things. And so we feel threatened by it. We feel like we're going to lose something if we follow God's plan. And understand this. If you lose something, God will always give you something better. But you have to understand, it's like we take, we say to God, God, here's my crown, I give it to you today. And when somebody at work makes us mad, when somebody does something to us, what do we, what do, we do? We put the crown back on our head and say, hey, Jesus, look out, I'm going to handle it the way I should. I'm going to share my, I'm going to tell them what I really think about them. So he may wear it for a little bit, then we take it back until, until we have a crisis in our life. Until we have a crisis in our life. We're wearing the crown. We're putting it on our head every single day and say, I'm going to be the throne. I'm going to be the king of my life. I'm going to be the king of my own throne until you have a crisis, until you have a problem in your life. And normally that's when what we do. Okay, Jesus, I need your help. I need your help, Jesus. So I'm going to take my crown off my head and I'm going to put it at your feet because I need your help. And when God helps us, what happens? We pick it back up and we put it back on our, on our heads. And we keep living our life. We don't have to be threatened by God. We don't have to be threatened by the things God's going to do in our heart. Because God's not going to put anything on you that you can't handle. He's not going to ask you to do something that He Himself hasn't already done. But He wants you to live a life of humble worship, not a threatened response. So where are you... Where are you laying your crown at this morning? Are you taking it off your own head? Are you taking yourself off of your own throne and living for Jesus because that's what God wants you to do in your life? Will we allow God to wear it for a time and then will we take it back? You see, sometimes we come up against situations or we come up against things in our life that, that require us to, to live like Jesus or to act like Jesus. So we have to make the decision, am I going to respond out of faith? Or am I going to just respond out of fear? Because you have to understand, sometimes we don't always respond out of faith. Why? Because that just doesn't always come natural. It doesn't always come natural. But when you take your crown off of your life and you respond out of faith, God does things in your life that you couldn't do yourself. Because you're following His plan. You see, King Herod, when he found out that there was a new king in the area, he felt threatened. Why? Because he had built this empire. He had, he had power. He had wealth. He had positions. In other words, he had gotten his life where he wanted it. He was doing things and he was making his own decisions. He was living his own life. So when he got the news of another king in town, he wanted to find out where this king was so he could eliminate this king so this king would not come and take his crown or his throne. You see, he had everything that his own heart desired. He had built a kingdom. He had power. He had wealth. 
He had all of these things. Listen to me this morning. And when you have those things in your life, and when somebody comes to take it away from you, what happens? You feel threatened. Because you've built up this life. You've built up this career. You've built up this amount of possessions. You've built up this wealth. And when somebody steps onto the scene and asks you to give it up and to give it over, we feel threatened and so we don't. But if we're, if, listen, we're not losing anything, but we're gaining a lot. When we give it up and we follow Jesus, whatever it is that he says from us, we're, we're in that moment, yes, we may be losing it, but in the end, we're gaining so much more. We're gaining so much more when we take our crown off of our head and we place it at Jesus' feet. So who's going to wear the crown in our life? See, Jesus can't just be king during Christmas. He has to be king year-round. He has to be king year-round, not just during Christmas season. And understand this. We all like Jesus as a Savior. And I may have said this months ago in a, in a sermon. We all like Jesus as a Savior. But we're really not sure whether or not we want Him to be king. Because when He's a Savior, He's coming to save you from your sins. He's coming to save you from certain things. That's fun. That's cool. But when Jesus wants to be king, it's a little different story. That means when he's the king, that means he wears the crown. He sits on the throne. He makes the decisions for your life, and you follow what he says. So that's where we feel threatened. We're okay with him being a savior, but we're not so sure we want him to be king. And that's where God wants us to be, is he wants not only to be your savior, but he wants to be your king. He wants to be your king in your life. So we have to ask ourselves, is he going to be the king? You see, if there's areas of your life that's off limit to God, if there's areas of your life that you're not willing to give to God, can I tell you that this morning is this, he's not fully your king. If there's areas that you're holding on to that you haven't given to him yet, then he's fully not your king. He's just partial. And Jesus says, I don't want to be partial. I want to be full. I want to be king of your life. I want to be the one who helps you make these decisions in your life. So there was that threatened response by King Herod. And the second thing is this, and the last thing I want to tell you this morning is this. There was the humble response. The humble response. Verses 9 through 11 says this. It says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had, they, that they had seen when it, when it arose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, the Bible says that they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gold, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Understand this about these magi, is this, that they traveled for months... They traveled through difficult surroundings. They traveled through difficult areas. They had traveled for a long time. They were away from their families. They were away from their jobs. But understand this. They were on a journey to find the king. They were on a journey to find the real king. So all of these things they were willing to give up. Why? So that they could go find the real king. So that they could go worship the real king. 
They were hungry to find out something that they never had. They were hungry to find out the truth. They were hungry to find out about this new king, this something that everybody was talking about in their life. And they were not going to be satisfied until they came face to face with the real king. A humble worship, a humble response is what the Magi gave in their life. I'm sure that they were thinking in their minds of what the king would look like. Of what or where and how he would live. and Why? Because they had just left King Herod's palace and so they knew how kings were supposed to live. They saw how King Herod lived and all, all this kingdom and these, all these riches and all these things that they saw. They were probably thinking in their mind that when they got to where the king was, that's what they would see. So they get to where the place of the star was, where the star stopped that led them. And it was nothing like they expected. Everybody look at me just for a moment. When they got to the place where Jesus was, it was nothing like they expected. They saw a baby lying in a manger. They saw a baby lying in a manger with just ordinary parents, moms and dads. That's all they saw. But when they got there, listen, their expectations, their expectations, listen, didn't cause them to leave because it was different. But it caused them to worship God. It caused them to lay down everything at Jesus' feet. They took everything that they had and they opened up their treasure chest and they laid it at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because they come to find the king and they found him and so now they had to worship him. They had to worship Him. They traveled all these miles to come to find the King. And it wasn't what they expected. You see, when I started living for Jesus, when I gave my heart to God, it wasn't what I expected either. There's things in my life that I wasn't expected that I would ever go through or that I would ever face, that I would ever, that I would ever deal with. But can I tell you this morning, God has been with me through all of those things. I expected something different, but I can tell you this. It's so much better than what I expected. It's so much better than what I expected. And so they walk into the room and they see this little baby laying in a manger. And they see the mother, Joseph, and Mary sitting off to the side. And the Bible says that, that they walked up to him and they opened up their hearts. They opened up their treasure chest. And they poured it out on Jesus. You see, they didn't find him sitting on a throne they found him laying in a manger. You see, God sometimes in our life will offer us peace. He will offer us joy that we're not expecting, that we're not ready for in our life. He will give us joy. He will give us peace. He will offer us those things in our life like we've never had it before. But what drove the Magi to the king was a hunger to find out who he was. They didn't want to just find out from somebody else. They had to find out for themselves. So it led them to where the king was. And when they found him, they walked into the room. And they bowed down and they began to worship Jesus. Picture that in your mind for a moment. These magi, these men of wealth. They were wealthy men. They were men of uh, nobility. They were, they were somebody in the community. They didn't walk into the room and say, Hey, Jesus, I'm wealthy. 
Hey, Jesus, I'm this great man. Hey, Jesus, I'm this great person. They didn't say any of that. They came into where Jesus was with a humble heart. And they began to worship him. They laid everything down at Jesus that day as a sign that says, you know what, God? Here's my life. Here's everything that I own. I'm going to lay it at your feet. And I'm going to worship you. So what kind of response will you have to Jesus? Or what kind of response will you have to God's calling on your life? Will it be like King Herod who was threatened because he felt like something was being taken from him? Or will you be like the Magi who was just wanting to humbly worship the king and whatever he asks for, you're willing to give it? Because that's where Jesus wants you to live. That's where Jesus wants you to be. He wants you to enter into this place with a humble heart. He wants you to enter into this place with a humble spirit. Not a prideful spirit. Not a spirit that you got it figured all out. Not a spirit of a, a large bank account. Or not a spirit of anything of materialistic things that you have in your life. He wants you to serve Him with a humble heart. He wants you to take what you have and lay it at His feet. He wants you to leave it there. He don't want you to pick it up. He wants you to leave it there. Why? Because when you leave it there, He's going to put it on His head and He says, Now, I'm going to show you what I can do. Because you've made the response of taking the crown off of your own head and putting it at my feet. So the question to you this morning is this. You have to make the decision. Nobody can make it for you. Who's going to wear the crown in your life? Who's going to wear the crown in your life? Who's going to sit on the throne of your life? I'm not asking you if you've been in church your whole life or you've never been saved. I'm, not, I'm asking you who's going to wear the crown, the crown in your life? Who's going to sit on the throne of your life? We can't, there's no room for two kings. There's only one king. Do you make room for him? Because if you make room for him, he'll come in and he'll do what only God can do. So who's going to wear the crown in your life? I want you to bow your heads this morning and just for a moment, I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to sit there and I want you to think and ask yourself this question, who's going to wear the crown? Because there's a battle Every single day of who's going to wear the crown in your life. Will it be Jesus where the crown belongs or will it be you? A hope worth waiting for. He came just like he said he would. Just like Malachi promised, I will send a prophet. I will send the one that's going to come and save the world. He came just like he said he would. Can I tell you this morning is this. He's going to do what he says he's going to do in your life. You just have to keep trusting in him. You just have to keep living that humble life before him and say, God, here's my crown. Here's my life. I offer everything to you. I just want you to lead me and guide me, God, in the ways of the Lord. Father, today as we leave this house, 
As we leave this house today, God, there may be moments throughout the rest of this day that, Father, that we would want to take that crown back up and put it on our, head, our own head, but may we remember what the Magi did that night where they walked in and just laid everything down at your feet, not, and they didn't pick it up and walk out with it, but they left it there. Jesus says, cast your burdens and your cares upon me. It doesn't say cast them and then pick them up and walk out. He says, cast them there and leave them there. So this morning, I pray that's what happens in your life. I pray Jesus would bless you and do incredible things in your life. Why? Because you live a life of humble worship before him. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.